You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the PharmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in PharmD Nation to episode number 42 of the PharmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. You know, for many, a new year means exploring new things. And one of the new things a lot of people might want to check out, learn more about, or even act on is hiring a financial advisor. It's very common for people who set New Year's resolutions to get better with their money. And one way they may end up doing that is by searching for and hiring a financial professional to help them accomplish whatever it is they set out to do. However, the really interesting thing is it's really hard to pick or distinguish one financial advisor from another. In the financial services industry, basically anybody can call themselves a financial advisor. Anybody can put financial planner, financial advisor, wealth manager, whatever else they want to call themselves on their business card, and it gets really difficult for the public to be able to distinguish between one or another. And that can be a problem because the variability of qualifications and service and impact one advisor can make compared to another can be drastic. It could be the difference between you being able to accomplish what you set out to do with your money and not. So that's why in this podcast episode, I think it's very important that Consumers who are interested in hiring a financial professional are armed with really good questions that they can use in order to learn as much as they possibly can about each financial advisor that they interview before making their decision on who they want to hire. So in this episode, we're going to walk through 10 questions I have that every consumer should be asking their financial advisor that I don't think their financial advisor wants them to ask. Jumping right in, question number one is, ask your financial professional how they get paid. And this is really interesting because financial advisors can get paid in a number of different ways. And if your financial advisor goes off on a tangent and says, well, it really depends on this and that, and I get paid in multiple of ways depending on this or that and this circumstance or that circumstance, that to me would really set off a red flag because it means their compensation is tied to an action that has not yet been taken, which means that The interest of what you decide to do with your money could directly impact their bottom line and what they take home in their paycheck, which could cause some conflict of issue or conflict of issues with them giving you advice that is totally in your best interest or them giving you advice and hoping you transact on their advice so they get paid. So question number one is ask your financial professional, how do they get paid? And the more succinct and easy it is for them to tell you how they get paid, most likely it's going to be better off for you in the long run. Question number two is, are you held to a fiduciary standard of care at all times? So that's a huge one in the financial services industry is, are you a fiduciary? A lot of financial professionals will go, yeah, I'm a fiduciary, but are you a fiduciary at all times? And being a fiduciary is important because advisors are legally obligated to put your best interests ahead of anything else. And believe it or not, in the financial services industry, it's not always been like that. It's actually been far more common for people to work at a standard that is lesser than the fiduciary standard. So it's important to understand, is your financial advisor a true fiduciary and are they a fiduciary 
all the time, not just at point of transaction. Question number three is ask what their qualifications are. As a pharmacist, you it takes a tremendous amount for you to get your PharmD. You have rigorous schooling, you have to take the NAPLEX, and you have to get licensed, and then you have the ability to practice medicine. Becoming a financial advisor is simple compared to that. You basically study for two weeks, take a securities exam, and if you pass it, which most people do because the study material basically tells you what's going to be on the test, you get to call yourself a financial advisor. So you could be a Pepsi truck driver or a welder or a teacher or anything else, regardless of the profession, it doesn't matter, and instantly make the decision you want to be a financial advisor, and the reality is you can make that happen. So it's really important for consumers to look at what other qualifications or credentials financial advisors have because it's a true way you can separate ones who just did the bare minimum to get into the industry compared to the ones who have really put in the time to hone their craft and get better at what they do for their clients. Question number four is ask beyond investment management, what other value can you provide to me? This is extremely important because most people think hiring a financial advisor is just hiring somebody who's going to help them with their investments. And although that was true probably 10, 15, 20 years ago, nowadays investment management is quite commoditized. You can go online and create your own investment platform and there are people behind the scenes who can manage that for you for a very, very insignificant cost. Financial advisors in 2022 should be able to deliver far more in value to your financial life above and beyond just investment management. Now, investment management is a piece It's an important piece, but there should be other things the advisor is able to do for you to help you in regards to your money and your finances and your life above and beyond just investment management. If they're leading with investment management and that is their main value proposition, proposition, chances are there's not a lot of other value they're going to be able to deliver to you in your life. Question number five is who do you specialize in working with? So again, if you're a pharmacist and you work in retail, it's probably quite difficult for you one day to get up and automatically transition into long-term care or ambulatory care or go work in a clinic. But financial advisors do that type of thing all the time. They work with a 20-year-old helping them make contributions into a Roth IRA. And then an hour later, they'll switch and work with a 70-year-old talking about estate planning. And really, when advisors fluctuate that dramatically on who they work with and the type of work they do, Chances are they don't do anything really, really well. But the advisors who specialize and have a niche and are really focused on a specific client, the probability of them being able to service that client at an extremely high level because they do it over and over again and they're extremely specialized in that specific area, that's who you want handling one of your most precious things in life, which is your money, because they are specialized in working in that area. You don't want somebody who works with everybody because they probably don't do anything well. You want an advisor who specializes in your specific situation because not only is it going to be best for you now, but it's going to be best for you long-term because that advisor is going to be able to adapt with your changing situation because they're probably adapting with all their other clients' changing situations along with yours so they can keep you on the forefront of their mind within their financial advisory practice. So question five is, who do you specialize working with? And that is extremely important. Question number six is, do you have the ability to provide proactive tax planning advice? So again, it wasn't that long ago where if you asked a financial advisor a tax question, most financial professionals would go, whoa, 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 I can't answer that. Talk to your CPA or talk to your other tax professional 
or whoever you have in your life that you can go to for that advice. When the reality is, taxes tie in and are interwoven into almost everything we do from a financial planning standpoint. And if you don't have a financial advisor who is very good with tax planning, who understands tax planning and understand how it aligns with your personal financial situation and can be proactive with their advice to help mitigate some of the tax liability you'll probably incur otherwise throughout your life, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to better your financial situation. So do you have the ability to provide proactive tax planning advice? And then I'd say go back and go, what credentials do you have that you can show me that proves you have that ability? Because a lot of advisors go, yeah, I can do tax planning. That's not a problem. Well, prove to me that you can. So question six, do you have the ability to provide proactive tax planning advice? And if they say yes, ask ask them to prove it. That's extremely important because it's not only going to help you now, but it could save you a tremendous amount of money over the long run implementing really strong tax planning strategies within your overall financial plan. Question seven, how much do you typically charge? So again, question one was, how do you get paid? How does a financial advisor get paid? Question seven is, how do you typically charge? Again, the easy, succinct answer an advisor gives would make me believe that it is truly the best deal the consumer can get. But if you ask an advisor, how do you typically charge, and they have four or five different ways that they're able to get compensated based off of how they're going to work with you, chances are there's going to be a tremendous amount of conflict of interest in the advice they give during that relationship. For example, if an advisor works on commission, or they could charge you a fee, or they could do an assets under management fee, how do you know what they recommend is truly in your best interest given your financial situation? And they aren't just telling you you should do something based off of how they could potentially get paid more in one of those three different areas. Now, again, a lot of financial advisors are ethical and they're not going to do that, but there are a lot more out there who would. And not only that they would, but they work for people who proactively push them into promoting some of the bigger sales type of investments or advice because that's how they make money. So... Having a really good understanding of how the advisor gets paid and having a really good idea of what they typically charge when it comes to their clients is extremely important because that will give you a clear idea of what you can expect in return as far as value from a measuring standpoint. I know my advisor gets paid this way because he charges me X. I know what I believe I think I should receive in value in return in this relationship based off of what I know I'm paying him and what he gets paid based off of this relationship as well. Question number seven, or excuse me, question number eight, do others stand to gain from our work together? Now, this one is huge in my opinion. This is extremely important to ask any financial professional because it will instantly let you know where loyalties reside in the relationship. If you have a financial professional who works for a giant insurance company, chances are that insurance company is going to make money based off of the product sale advice or fee that advisor is charging. If you have a financial professional who works for a big broker dealer, chances are that broker dealer is going to be making money based off of the advice and the transactions that are made within the relationship between you and the financial advisor. 
So when there are other people who stand to gain from the work you do with your financial professional, chances are, again, there's going to be a tremendous amount of conflict in the advice or recommendations you're given because there's going to be pressure above the financial professional from their employer on what they're able to offer you and what you should offer. And there's going to be expectations from a sales standpoint that that advisor is going to have to meet in order to continuously stay employed, which means, again, there's going to be pressure and conflict in the vice in the advice they give you because they have to gain from it as well. And if they're not a true fiduciary at all times, they can put their best interest ahead of yours as long as they meet a minimum suitability standard, which happens all the time in our industry. So again, question eight is, do others stand to gain from our work together? Question nine, have you ever been disciplined for any lawful or unethical actions in your career? You want to work with a financial professional who's going to help manage your entire financial picture. They're going to help manage your entire nest egg you've spent the last 20, 30, 40 years accumulating. You're going to want to know if they have any sort of problematic history, and it's really easy to find out. You can go to websites like BrokerCheck or go to the SEC website and do a search of your financial advisor. And if they do have any sort of legal history behind them that you're going to want to be aware of, those will be listed out there for you to know about. So have you ever been disciplined for any unlawful or unethical actions in your career? I think it's just a no-brainer that any consumer would want to know that about their financial professional, and that information is available out there for people to find. And it's something you're going to want to know before you decide to hire a financial professional. And then question 10, a little tongue-in-cheek, is there another firm out there that is better suited to working with pharmacists and their families? If you're a pharmacist with goals of reducing your tax bill, investing smarter, and optimizing your retirement planning, then the answer to the question is yes. That is PharmD Financial Planning. That is the firm that I have created. And I will tell you, I encourage anybody who is interested in working with PharmD Financial Planning to ask me all the questions we went through because we can answer them easy and in plain English that will allow any consumer Really great insight on the work we do and how we work with our clients. So that is it. If you're interested in getting a written copy of these 10 questions, I actually have this as a guide on the FarmDFP website. So go to www.farmdfp.com, scroll down on the homepage a little bit, put in your first name, email, and you will get a copy of these 10 questions that you can use and take with you as you start or continue your search for your trusted financial professional. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or FarmD Financial Planning, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.